you're listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. My name is Andrew Jacobs. Welcome. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode, the negative one of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. The episodes are, as we've said before, chosen by the audience, and this topic was one of the first ones that went on the list. 18 podcasts down, we've got two guests to work through it, and wow, do they work through it. Our first guest is Amy Jane Taylor. Hooked on learning, Amy's all about helping people make the most of their careers. With a keen interest in performance consulting, learning technology and employee experience, Amy's got experience in working in L&D research and strategy and learning technologies. Our second guest is Ellis Taylor. Ellis is a consultant learning technologist and co-founder of P Consultancy, along with her trusty rescue dog Ernie and her partner Matt. Ellis has been helping businesses in the e-learning sector for the last four years, working with both private sector, education and a focus on staff training and upskilling. After the last week that we've had in the UK, this is a great listen. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Amy and Ellis talking about negativity. Hi, Alice. How are you? I'm good, Amy. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting one to be like super excited to talk about negativity, but I think I've been talking to a couple of friends this week and they've all said to me, no, I need to hear this, Amy. I need to hear about negativity and what it means. And I guess let's talk a little bit about how we got here and, uh, and how we feel about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, same. Uh, everyone I've spoken to has has said the sort of same thing as your friends, and I think I think especially now it's definitely needed. There is a lot of negativity out there, and it's sometimes difficult to see the wood for the trees at the moment. So I think this is a really timely podcast to to be getting involved in, and I'm very grateful to to be working with everyone on it. Um, in terms of my background, I'm, I'm a learning technologist. Um, I work on a consultancy basis. Um, I started in this field about four or five years ago. Um, and it kind of ties into some of the other podcasts that you've done. But the reason that this seemed very interesting to me um, is to do with the fact that, you know, I think being a woman in this sort of sector it's very easy to fall foul of um, sort of confidence issues get stuck in those negative mindsets um, I don't think that I'm a negative person per se but I think that I can be very critical of myself uh, so again you know trying to have a conversation with other people and see how they might overcome that sort of negativity in the workplace negativity in themselves and hopefully you know pick up some coping skills or strategies along the way was what really enticed me about it. 
Um, how, how about you? How have you got here? Um, yeah, I really, what you just said about the, the confidence as a woman thing just absolutely pinged me because I guess my history in, in the learning space is that I started as a primary school teacher um, that was, I mean, a million years ago, sort of seven or eight years ago, I left teaching to, to come into L&D. And I think I had a lot of issues with my own confidence in the space, but also negative self-talk, you know, leaving, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate, you know, if you, if you move from one career to another, there's a lot of stuff in there around failing and, and not being able to do um, what you set out to do, what your career plan was in the first place. But actually, you really need to reframe. And I've done a lot of work on reframing. And my mum has got a, a background in L&D and sort of psychology. And I'll talk to her about something. She's like, ah, you're reframing. And I'm like, yeah, I am. It's great. It's a great tool. Um, but the thing that really kicked this off for me was I read an article in um, HBR, Harvard Business Review recently. And it talked about the concept of emotional contagion. And I was like, whoa, you've named it. That's it, that's what it is. Because I think if you're thinking about working within a team, if you're thinking about working the way that we are right now, it's really easy to kind of catch other people's feelings um, and also to be so isolated in your own space that you are kind of ruminating in your own sort of negative thoughts when normally you'd be able to have a distraction at the coffee point or you could go out with friends, you can't do that. So everyone's really having to upskill in this area of reframing and, and rethinking um, the way in which you, you kind of approach things. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think I, I've found in some ways working from home has helped avoid some of that contagion side of it though, because I think it's kind of you and yours rather than a whole workplace. So I know, you know, formerly when I was in the office and in some of my former workplaces, somebody could come in and they were having a not so great day and they could sit in the office and you could just kind of feel it oozing out of them. And it wasn't, you know, they didn't say anything. They didn't, you know, they didn't do anything to try and put that mood on people, but you just kind of pick it up. You, you can feel when there's tension. So I certainly think that working from home in that regard has um, helped me because I think I sponge on that a bit. I think I've, I think I'm very sort of in tune with when someone comes in and, and I can have my mood altered quite quickly as a result of that. So it's definitely limited that. But I think you're quite right. You know, being isolated in your own thought processes, in your own little world, it's not so easy to pull yourself out of a rut when you find yourself in a rut. I think... I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, there's two things. There is working in the learning space. I'm going to generalize here. The majority of people that I have met who work in L&D and HR are people, people. So we are empaths and we want to make your experience great and we care about what you do. And so I know that I, pers I take it personally if I know someone's not having a great time at work or someone's not happy in their job. And I take it on as my responsibility to fix that because I'm the learning person and I wanna make all of your days wonderful. And I know that sounds really idealistic, but genuinely is how I feel. Yeah. But also as a woman, I think, and as a mother as well, I absolutely just wanna take care of you. 
I want to, and as much as I try and fight the urge, and not every woman is like this, but as much as I try and fight the urge, I find myself being the rescuer in every situation. And I talked about this with my mentor um, when I was going through something last year. And he just said to me, you're rescuing again. You're rescuing again. Stop. You're trying to take on everybody else's stuff to make it better. And what happens is you just fold in all those emotions into your emotions. And actually, mm-hmm. you weren't in a really terrible place in the first place. But now you've got everyone's problems. It's all yeah. on your plate. And you're trying to solve the whole world's sort of fires. And you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you're quite right. It is definitely an empathetic um, empathy role um and I think I completely agree as well you know I'm a people pleaser I want people to be having the best time that they can have I want people to um you know feel good about themselves I want people to feel that they are achieving I want them to feel positive and I think you're quite right in order to fulfill that in others you have to take something away from you you have to take that negativity and it might only be a little pinch here and a little pinch there but it all adds up to you and manifests into something quite a lot larger um so I think that's a really key point to to kind of explore um and I'm sure you know we work in similar spaces um I I come across quite a lot of change aversion um in my role I have worked with um a couple of different sectors so I work with education at the moment but I have worked with financial services beforehand and trying to um again kind of a generalization but trying to crack through to a group of people who are not necessarily comfortable or competent in their digital skills and say right that CPD that you need to be doing to remain compliant has to be done online now not only are you dealing with the the change of us but the change aversion but you are also then dealing with all of the the stress of that you know when you can't do something yourself your cortisol goes through the roof it's all oh my god what am I going to do how do I do this and it it's it's not just the negativity in the moment but it's the overall like sort of ambiance from it yeah that stress that you can pick up along the way um and yeah like you say you, you pick little bits of it and suddenly you kind of step back and you're going actually, my God, no wonder I don't feel so great. Yeah, yeah, completely, definitely. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I was talking to my girlfriends this week about this, um, we talked about, you know, what is negativity? Like, how do you define it? Because you can say stuff like, oh, you're being such a neggy Nancy or whatever, and, you know, you, you, you name it in different ways. But what does it actually mean? And I know that there has been countless bits of research around negativity and I know your background educationally you've you've done a bit of psychology stuff as well so mm-hmm. we're keen to get your perspective on it but um it's kind of defined as like anger fear despair frustration disappointment guilt shame like anyone listening has felt these things yeah um and it's been researched through in you know for years and years but one thing I found was really interesting is that there was someone called Paul Ekman and he defined six emotions in the 1970s, I think it was. And of those six basic emotions, there was happiness, sadness, disgust, fear, surprise, and anger. And four of those, sadness, disgust, fear, and anger, four of those six fall into the negative space. So it's really interesting to see how just of those basic human emotions, four of them can be categorized as a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And it just really brings home how easy it is doesn't matter if you say that you're the most positive person in the world 
how easy it is for you to fall into one of those categories at any given time of day. And then especially with isolation, especially being at home, being away from people, how you can just snowball and get more and more and more of those. And it can just build into something that is just a little bit too big to deal with. Mm. And I, I really like, um, as, you, as you were saying then a second ago, you know, how, how do you categorize it? I think lots of people have tried. I think it's really important to remember, though, that negativity is such a raw and personal experience. It's, you know, we can all experience sadness. We can all experience anger and lots of different emotions. But I think what you feel in the moment when you are in a, a more negative space is exceptionally raw. It's very, very personal to you as an individual. I think, you know, you, society has sort of taught us and I know will argue incorrectly that we need to hide that we need to scuttle that away we need to protect when we're feeling vulnerable and negative and not let anybody in and I think that's completely wrong I think a lot is to be said for for kind of acknowledging when you're not in the greatest space acknowledging maybe when you're not having a great day or a great week or a great month mm -hmm. because I think sometimes that failure to acknowledge as you've just said can really increase that snowball rate yeah. because you're spending more and more time trying to convince people potentially that you're not in a negative space or trying to work hard to project positivity which is exhausting if you're not naturally in that mindset mm -hmm. and it just gets worse and worse and worse mm -hmm. um so I think yeah I think you're bang on it's it's very easy to snowball and I, I definitely think I don't necessarily want to say that you can feel negativity more deeply than you can feel positivity, but I think that you can feel much more isolated with it. Everybody's happy to share in positive moments sure. and not everyone's happy to share in negative moments. Yeah. And I think that's, that is the key piece, isn't it? You know, the vulnerability. I'm such a Brene Brown fangirl. Like I'm obsessed with her. I just, an absolute, I listen, I've listened to every podcast ever and read every book and, and she really, it's so important for leadership as well. Leadership have had a real tough time in COVID. You know, we are expecting a lot of them. Um, and we are expecting them to really steer the ship in a time where actually it's very, we're in the unknown. And they can very easily fall into a negative space for a lot of reasons. Um, but Brene Brown talks a lot about, you know, vulnerability and leadership and just being a little bit more open and just owning up. If you don't have the answer, you don't know, or you don't feel great about something, just share that experience. And um, when I was thinking about like the reframing piece, there's a quote from her Rising Strong um, book where she talks, she says, anytime we experience struggle, whether it's a small conflict in a meeting or a personal loss, our emotions get the first crack at making a sense of what's happening. Oh my God, like it gave me like full shivers because I was like, yes, that is so true. Like my brain doesn't process this my heart's processing it yeah. and my feelings are processing it. And if I'm in a, if I'm in a negative space, if I'm already feeling a certain kind of way about stuff, like they say that you, um, we see things as we are, not as they are, which is so powerful because if you're in a bad space, if you're not thinking about things in a, in a clear way, or you're not finding ways of coping or dealing with that negative emotion, you're going to see everything through the, the lens of negative. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just think it, there's a lot to be said in terms of like, how do you scoop yourself out of this space? How do you navigate your way through 
um, and how do you reframe so that you're not falling victim to toxic positivity, which is another thing, which Andrew could do a whole podcast about. Um, You're actually owning it, you're naming it, you're saying what it is, and you're finding a way to work work through Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's a really, that, that ownership is really powerful in trying to kind of rebut that confirmation bias that when you're, when you're having that negative period or you're not in the best place, or you just, you're just having a bad day, even it's very easy to, um, kind of fall foul of, of seeing everything through those negative glasses, as you say, and trying to, trying to work through that by acknowledgement is exceptionally powerful and I think it's it's important as well to acknowledge you know taking ownership of something is a really really brave step it's very difficult and you know even if that's all you do if you do nothing else except own the fact that you are not having a great time something's not going well you're in a bad mood whatever way you want to frame that ownership of that is a really really successful step and sort of as far as I'm concerned obviously we'd love for everybody to be able to just for want of a better phrase snap out of it that's not realistic that's not how life works and I don't think people always give enough stead to the courage and strength it takes just to be able to acknowledge something yeah absolutely and it just brings me back to thinking about you know during COVID I didn't have the best time and I made the decision to change jobs and just, you know, push myself and try something new. And I just remember feeling at the time, because I was so, there was a lot of anxiety around, you know, moving and changing sectors and all that kind of stuff. I remember getting myself into a space where I was like, everything is terrible. I'm having the worst time. I am such a victim. And there is such power in owning it. There is also such power and having friends around you that are going to call you out on it. And I remember mm-hmm. my best friend, Nicola, I was calling her. I think it must have been like my seventh call of the month to talk about how terrible my life was. And she basically, she listened, she heard me and she went, okay, babe, just going to level with you. At some point, you just sound like you're complaining. And I was like, oh, that hurts me. But you're, yeah, you're right. Like, what am I going to do about this situation and how I feel right what can I control I'm super down about COVID I can't see my family I'm really worried about like potentially like moving to a new sector uh it's all too overwhelming but I'm not a victim here like I've got power here and my power is owning how I feel and my power is finding the way through and the coping strategies to to kind of deal with it yeah um and that for me like was such a powerful thing and now I still have it like if I get myself into a bit of a negative cycle I'm like Nicola's in my ear going um are you just complaining or what are we going to do about it yeah yeah it's it's incredibly powerful and it's great that you've got you know a support network who are happy and comfortable with you and have that relationship where you can kind of call those things out because that is very important we need support we absolutely draw down on you know family friends um you know support from all walks of life but having that strength in your friendship to be able to say you know what actually in order to help you I have to acknowledge what you're doing now um and I think tied in with that as well is sort of um something I come across um I I actually run as a pastime and it's come from there more so but I use it in my personal life and my working life just the same 
everybody always gets very hung up on like oh my gosh this person can run so fast and I can't run that fast and how am I ever going to get that fast and very frequently you'll have somebody come along and go you know what no you're not comparing yourself to that person you're comparing yourself to you go out and achieve what you can achieve because you aren't living their life be it better or worse you have your own experiences you're on your own path compare yourself to you and I think that's really important to remember when considering our, our mindsets and our positivity or negativity outlooks, because it's very easy to look at other people and think the grass is greener on the other side, rather than kind of, again, back with that ownership, looking inward. I think it's really important to kind of kind of put it back to basics and go, OK, well, this person might be doing this or this person might have this. But what, what am I doing and what do I have and what can I control? I love that. That's so powerful. The best person to be in com- competition with is yourself, right? Yeah. That's it. I love that. Um, okay. So I guess what are our, what are our strategies? Like how do we deal with this negative space or, or, you know, how do we find our way through? And also how do we help other people who are feeling this way too? Yeah. So I think we've kind of touched on it in, in that last point that you made, um, having a support network is, is vitally essential. And I know not everybody can draw down on that, um, you know, for, for circumstances beyond their control, but very often, you know, workplaces have some sort of scheme where you can speak to a counselor or, you know, sort of, um, just, just find somebody who you think you can have a chat with. And it doesn't have to be a heart-wrenching, pour your soul out. It could just literally be, you know what, I'm struggling with this. Or actually something you said or something someone said made me feel not so great. And, and just having a chat with someone, it doesn't need to be emotive. It doesn't need to be loaded. It, it just needs to be a small conversation if you're comfortable doing so. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I'm a big fan of, and I talked about it with, you know, when my friend called, when I called my friend and I was telling her my whole life story and she was like, okay, but what are we owning here? I'm a big fan of the holding a mirror up, uh, a bit of a team talk. And I don't think enough of us do this. So I always say, if there's somebody in like my friendship group or at work, and there's a lot of drama around this person, what part is this person having to play in that situation right so with me if everything's bad and I'm not doing anything right because everything's coming back terribly and nobody likes me what am I doing to elicit these emotions and feelings and have I got any part to play in a situation that I need to own have a team talk with myself and pull myself out of it is it really as bad as I'm telling myself it is what is this narrative I'm creating around the situation? Because I can spin a story, Ellis. I can tell you the whole world is against me over one tiny email. We all do it. And it's even worse in COVID when we're at home and we're isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the narrative you're spinning yourself? Check it with a friend. Like, just call yeah. them and say, look, this has happened. Am I overreacting? Is this a real thing? Do I need some kind of perspective check on the situation? Because mm-hmm. that can nip it in the bud from the yeah. opposite. Yeah. And I, I think uh, um, it's a bit, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit basic, but sort of almost creating a pros and cons list. A situation is causing you some stress, is causing you some anxiety. We have all been there. Um, you know, I think that's also really important to remember. You are never alone in feeling those emotions. People have always felt them as well. Um, but 
yeah, a rudimentary pros and cons list, I think it, it forces you into using logic, engaging with it in a mental manner rather than an emotional manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said before, you know, we, we engage with things by gut first or by feeling first. And that's not necessarily the best way to approach things. Um, I worked with a lady a few years ago who gave me some brilliant advice. And she said, um, just generally for sort of dealing with people and conflict and, and, and whatnot, it's really important to take on board where other people are in their moment. And sometimes you try and talk to somebody about something and you feel you're not getting the right response from them. And it's just that they're not in the right mindset. You need to walk away and come back to it. And there's no difference in in your own emotions. When you're up here with your emotions and it's really stressful or it's really raw, you need to kind of acknowledge that, embrace it, experience it for a bit. But then there needs to be that shut off point. And that's when I think you sort of need to kind of pull it back to basics and try to look at, as you said, you know, am I being over overboard with this? is this really how it is and and create yourself that 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 pros and cons or you know positive negatives whichever way you want to to frame it kind of create yourself a list that doesn't involve emotions that is right this happened this happened this is a result and and stripping it down almost um to to try and just kind of throw away some of that that negativity I really love that actually and it it makes me think of a conversation I had with a friend this week where we were talking about the fact that she she's the only female in the BD team uh, and her two managers are, uh, are are two men and I'm not starting a gender war everybody before you freak out but she was given some feedback uh, a while ago that and this is when we were back in the office she's given some feedback a while ago that um when she when she comes into the office, you know, three times out of the month, she'd been grumpy and snappy. And she was like, I don't know how to deal with this feedback. I don't know how to talk to these people about what, like their perception of what's going on with me. And we kind of came to the conclusion that actually, some people might not deserve to know your circumstance. My hero Brene talks about this a lot as well. You know, you don't have to share everything, all of your emotions with somebody, if they don't deserve it, you can strip the emotion out of that. And you can literally just say, these are the things that are working or not working right now. And this is what I think we should do about it without giving people the opportunity, especially as a female, without giving people the opportunity to say things like you're emotional, you're sensitive, you're this, you're that. and that's just made me think about the fact that we, we gave we gave her that advice and just said, why don't you try dealing with things in that way? Mm. Um, so that's really interesting. It's that's really important as well. I think it's something that um, we experience as children when we sort of have a bad day in the playground or we've fallen out with a friend and then we run over to our other friends and tell them all about it. And it kind of creates that rivalry. And that's no different in the workplace. It's perhaps oversimplifying it a little bit, but you know, I think a lot has to be said for, right, I, I'm in a bad mood or someone said something that has upset me. The wrong thing to do is to go and speak to someone about that who works in the same team in a non-professional manner, shall we say. You know, go, going for a cup of tea and having a small vent 
can cause more help than good uh, more bad than good mm-hmm. um I think you know because then that becomes sort of a or such and such as says it said this such and such as said that I think whilst it is difficult when you're feeling emotional and you're feeling upset by something trying to keep your head about you and ensure that you're talking to the right people in the right way about something and as you say not necessarily sharing all of that emotion is really important for trying to to work your way through it yeah yeah and it like it goes back to you know the beginning of the conversation when we talked about this emotional contagion right and you're catching feelings you just have to be really wary that you're not bringing people down with you and like especially now that we're isolated we've got a pack of people around us probably our our trusted people that we make connections with and that we call and we have an event to or we have a rant to about work you know how much of that conversation is productive for you and your well-being and your frame of mind and if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're calling the same person and you're both complaining about stuff all the time maybe you need to go on a break because you're not helping each other and acknowledge it and own it and like I've had it before with past colleagues where something's happened at work we talked about the change fatigue and change aversion piece you know it's a natural thing for people to be like whoa wait a minute we need to talk about all the reasons why this won't work um and actually can you maybe challenge yourself to think about the reasons why it will work and can you challenge yourself to think about three good things about something you know they talk a lot about gratitude in terms of managing negativity and you three good things journal and you three good things you know list that you make every day like apply that to work apply that to yeah. a project that you're struggling with like what is the good thing about this it's not all doom and gloom it can't possibly be all doom and gloom because honestly Alice we would have all given up by now like exactly <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent. yeah I love that um yeah. I would say as well, a shout out, because I was listening to some of the podcasts and the passion one with Lorna Leeson and Jane Harrison really got me thinking about our conversation today because they talk about um, passion, positivity, all that kind of stuff and engagement. And they talk about the reframing piece um, and the kind of neuroscience behind it all. And I think that's a really good compliment to this discussion because it kind of gives you the other the other side of it and how you can yeah. kind of think more positively about things and get yourself you know re-engaged re-engaged in things going forward especially now because we were approaching a year of working from home especially in the UK you mm-hmm. know we've kind of been confined to our houses some of us have been able to go into offices and stuff some of us have no choice um it, it's been a really hard year for everybody everybody yeah. will have been struggling in some way um everybody I can't I can't think of one of my friends or family members in the last year who's had an incredible time like they're living their best lives right now we've all had a time when it's been really hard so it's checking in with each other it's reframing it's thinking you know differently about stuff it's plugging in a podcast on a wall getting some exercise get out of the house Mm. that's so important don't drink so much wine you know (laughs) or eat too much chocolate (laughs) Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right. I think that's actually something we haven't touched on, but but trying to shake up your routine can really help when you're stuck in one of those negative ruts, Um, getting yourself out for a bit of fresh air. It sounds so cliched, but it works. It works. Fresh air and sunshine. I mean, I I live in Manchester. It's basically always grey. And the past couple of days, there have been some really, really exciting patches of blue sky. And my mood's been through the roof. It's been great. 
And it's just a, a really simple thing. And, you know, recently started implementing lunchtime walks because the weather's a bit better. It's not as cold. And the difference it makes to my day, I don't feel that afternoon lag anymore. I'm not getting to three o'clock and going, oh, what am I doing? I just want to stop. Yeah. You know, it, it helps kind of rejuvenate and revitalize a little bit, which I think is really important. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for trying to just shake up a routine, trying if you're able to include a bit of exercise, um, you know, your feel good hormones come out. It's It's got to work. Um, and then, like you say, trying to acknowledge things that might be coping mechanisms short term, but might not be the most helpful coping mechanisms. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of negative for me personally, a lot of negativity comes from not having control over things. Like I yeah. self confirmed, whatever you say, control freak. I just love control. I like to know when things are happening and what's going on. So you can imagine how I've dealt with the last year so well. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, but every day I'll just ask myself, what can I control about the situation? How, you know, what are the things I can do that, that are gonna make me feel better? I can control what I put in my body, how I move my body, where I spend my free time, what kind of things I listen to. Like I had a friend say yesterday, one of her strategies is she goes on a news detox. And, and that is honestly, that has been a complete game changer for me. Just not going to watch the news for a week yeah. And I'm going to just be really careful about what I engage with on social media because I need to really control that space mm-hmm. around me and kind of protect my energy. And, and yeah, that's it. You've got to kind of protect your energy and kind of also with work and, and your personal life and stuff, go where the energy is. If you feel like you're in a situation where you're butting heads against a wall, go where there is energy because there will be energy everywhere, even small pockets you can just focus on. And they're going to get you through and, and help you feel better about a situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Find, find things that can help pull you out of those negative spaces. And I think as well, I try not to be overly critical. It's, it's hard. It's really hard at the moment because like you say, you know, there's bad news in the news, there's bad news wherever you turn, it feels. But I think trying to take back those tiny bits of ownership in limiting your exposure to that is really powerful. I also think, you know, I know a lot of people are trying to juggle uh, a full-time job and homeschooling and absolute kudos to anyone. I don't have any children. I think you're all heroes. Um, but, But kind of embracing that, I'm sure in the moment when your kids are screaming and your boss is asking you for that report that he needed yesterday, that you're up here and your head feels like it's about to explode. But I think just reminding yourself to take a step back and go, you know what, I am actually raising a tiny human being and managing a household and doing my job. That's, that's pretty badass. There's no other way to say it. Clap me, celebrate me. I'm going to celebrate myself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like kind of look for the small wins as it were. I think we're so keen to kind of look at the negative side of things because that that's just society at large you know good news is great and we all love good news but bad news sells stories bad news makes money um and I think just just bringing it back and that there is no shame there is it's not arrogant it's not um you know egotistical you absolutely own those achievements and if that achievement is today I got up and I got changed out of my pajamas great you're winning yeah 
it's it's just I think sometimes that simplicity I also think as well trying not to restrain yourself too much with with time yeah especially when we're all stuck at home um I think you know just just trying to kind of go right you know I don't need to be at my computer all day that mm-hmm. the world will keep going you know I used to take breaks at work I used to make a cup of tea I can do that at home yeah just kind of don't don't be a slave to time in that regard Oh, do you know what? That just makes me think of um, my friend Jane Daly always says to me, it's L&D, not A&E. And oh, that's like such a mantra because I say it all the time. Like it's L&D, not A&E. And I said it to my friend who's in BD, who I talked about, you know, it's BD, not A&E. Like apply it to everything. Like really, yes. really. Because yes. if you don't send that email, the world technically won't implode you know like just 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 reframe just think about it in a different way and protect yeah. your space protect your emotions just protect yourself because actually you you you're all you've got and yes um, and, and there's no, only one of you yeah there's only one of you and no job no relationship there is nothing that is worth you feeling negative all the time there is just nothing i, I actually refuse to believe that there is anything that that is worth that so if you need to reassess, if you need to think again, then do it. You've got the power to do that. Like you own it. It's yours. Yeah. I love that. Right. Well, I loved talking to you. This is just so much fun. It was. It was. I've, uh, I've had a great time. And hopefully, hopefully we haven't been too negative. Yeah, I hope so. I hope we've been positive. <laughs> <laughs> I hated having to put a note to Ellis and Amy in the chat to say that we were running out of time. This was such a rich and useful conversation. It could have gone on for much, much longer. A massive thank you to Ellis and Amy, the Taylors, for producing such a bespoke piece of work. It was a great episode, and you'll find their contact details in the show notes. I was talking to a previous guest on here the other day, and they told me how much women might sabotage each other. In a conversation the other day, she was called a strong woman by another woman, and it wasn't meant as a compliment. If you were a man, would being called a strong man have had the same implication? We'd love to do an episode on this topic, women helping or hindering other women through their choice of language. If you're interested, please get in touch, and all the details are in the show notes. Once again, as always, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. You have been listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. Women Talking About Learning is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts. You'll also find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and other music streaming services. Make sure to like and subscribe It helps more people find us. You can find out more about Women Talking About Learning via our website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com. Make sure you tune in next time for more Women Talking About Learning, for more of the signal and none of the noise.